Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. turned down what is going on everybody it's your boy a double you're now tuned into uh episode 75 of do rags and boat shoes much love and respect to everybody out there that's listening that has been listening and uh i'm just very thankful and humble uh for all the plays i've been getting uh, across the board over my shows uh we increased like i said from a couple hundred listeners you know um to uh up the um averaging right now about 550 plays a week across the board on shows people are getting caught up on older shows so i'm thankful grateful and uh very humbled by this so uh thank you and thank you to everybody who uh you know retweets when i post uh and shares uh when i post a new episode um so shout out to like the talk it out podcast they do that shout out to barry of uh podcastingcolor.com make sure you check out that website at podcastingcolor.com it has a directory of all podcasts um that's uh done by people of color all shades shapes and sizes and different formats and things of that sort so if i get too real for you and you need a relief you can check out that website and she has it broken down into different categories like uh like i said if i get too heavy for you guys you can always listen to a comedy podcast or um like one of those rumor podcasts or something to that extent she has it broken down into every single thing that you need so uh shout out to barry again of podcast in color and like i said check out uh talk it out podcast uh, that's a great podcast with uh some some lovely ladies on there who's always dropping some good game and just keeping it all the way 100 so shout out to them they always repost my episodes and things like that to their few hundred uh listeners and i do the same uh, so it's just a whole networking thing going on and uh, I'm thankful for the new listeners. All right. So let's get started with the good old uh, Summer Jam screen. Uh, the New York Times uh, wrote a great article. It was in uh, op-ed uh, and um, it was uh, basically about uh, more uh, Trump regret, especially with this budget leaking and uh, how he's going to cut so many programs. And we've seen it uh, so many times uh, since he's been sworn into office back in January with uh, these uh, Trump voters saying that they thought that he was only going to attack uh, non-white people. They didn't know that he was going to attack us, uh, us poor folks. Um, and it's like Lyndon B. Johnson said, as I said many times before, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, if you give a poor white man uh, somebody to blame, uh, like a colored person, you know, he'll definitely stand behind you and he will give you his last dime out of his pocket and put it into your wallet. Um, so this article was basically talking about uh, uh, he, this uh, author, um, uh, Morales from the New York Times is going around to in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 
going around talking to different Trump voters. Uh, one woman was named uh, Rhonda McCracken. She's a, a kindergarten teacher and a Republican. And um, she uh, she's very deep rooted in conservatism, which is nothing but a cold word for white supremacy. And I explained that before. And because uh, it's like you're poor. What are you conserving? You don't have any resources or power. You know, the only power that you have is that you're white. And so you're just trying to conserve whiteness. OK, and that's by marginalizing other groups of non-whites. So that's what a poor conservative is. Um, so she basically went through some shit uh, where her ex was beating the shit out of her and choking her. And uh, so she dealt with an organization called the Tulsa Domestic Violence Intervention Services. So it's a nonprofit. And she was talking about it saved her life and her sons. And um, she wants Congress to step in uh, because it's going to cut federal funding to that organization. Uh, but, ma'am, you voted for him. All these poor folks talking about, oh, well, we need the country ran like a business. And now he's running it like a business. But you don't like that this business includes federal funding being cut from you, Joe dumbass. And um, so... Uh, he's been going all through Oklahoma just interviewing these people uh, let's see here uh, this guy named Billy Hinkle he has a quote in here talking about why he's building a wall more important than educating people and that's a Trump voter who was enrolled in a federal funded program called Tulsa Work Advance that trains unemployed workers to fill well paying manufacturing jobs and you know what the budget will cut this program it will cut funding to this program so billy you can really go back to how he started his campaign blaming mexicans for the crime in america and you telling me the only thing he said was they're going to get rid of obamacare they're going to build a wall and they're going to ban muslims okay and you talking about this man should be focused on education he should absolutely but you seen what his campaign was ran on and you still voted for this man and so this is just them you know thinking thought that they were going to protect whiteness and this is just another trick by the elites to trick poor white folks to think that you will be part of us if you vote for this buffoon you know what i'm saying it's one of those things where I feel like deep down, poor white folks think that, you know, voting for somebody like Trump will actually get them next to, uh, you know, billionaires and multimillionaires and global elites and shit like that. Glo global white elites, I should say. And it's not. It's not. They just need the numbers so they speak to you in dog whistles. And that's what it is. But anyways, let's see here. Um, uh yeah and then another trump supporter who didn't want it to be oh named tarzan vince this man's name is tarzan vince and he's asking if he's preaching jobs why take away jobs and you're a trump supporter okay then you have this guy named ezekiel moreno and ezekiel is a navy veteran who's 35 he was stocking groceries in a supermarket at night called it a dead-end job um then he was accepted into a federally funded program called work advance and that led him to getting a job at a plant called m&m manufacturing which makes aerospace parts and he has steady pay increases uh he's talking about that this uh moreno ezekiel moreno was actually able to move out of an apartment into a house his daughter's taking violin lessons and his other daughter has a math tutor so my man is caking up 
and uh he's just wondering you know he's a trump supporter trump voter and he's trying to figure out there's a lot of wasteful spending so they should cut in other places and um so you know moreno was sitting down with his boss rocky payton and that's the uh factory's uh general manager and amy Som, who's the human resources manager they all said that they voted for trump and they all were bewildered that he wanted to cut funds to channel people into good manufacturing jobs so Peyton, Rocky Peyton, the factory's general manager said, you know, they should target Obama phones. And remember I said um, in about 20, 25 episodes ago, maybe when I broke down dog whistle words, I don't know if it was that far back. It may have been about 15 episodes ago when I was breaking down dog whistle words and I played the clip of the woman talking about Obama phones and I broke down that program. It actually started out in a different era. I think it was it went back as far as Reagan, I believe. To, uh, and then uh, Native Americans was getting uh, free phone service. If you're so poor, you can get free phone service and things of that sort. And then under President Obama actually changed to cell phones to be included. No, it was actually under Clinton that cell phones were being included. And then it's either Clinton or Bush. It was in input to be cell phones. And then under Obama, it, it included uh, Internet service. But the manager is like, oh, they should just get rid of Obama phones. And it's, you know, it's actually funded and financed by telecom companies rather than us taxpayers. So what the fuck are you saying? And, you know, what's funny is uh, Democrats think that with all this shit that um, uh, President Trump is doing, they think that they're going to win uh, some of these uh, these voters over for the next presidential election or even with these midterm elections coming up in 2018. And that's not the fact. That's not the case. Uh, there's actually been a um, there was actually a poll saying that uh, actually a survey that found only about three percent of Trump voters would vote differently you know if the election were to be held today if they knew what he was going to do in office and most of them said they would have voted for a third-party candidate as opposed to voting for hillary clinton and um you know uh that's pretty much what this this article is talking about that they these voters would basically still back president trump even though he got them fucked up in the game and then the ezekiel moreno said that uh, he don't think he would reevaluate uh, President Trump. He just wants the president to reevaluate his budget proposal, which brings us to Judy Banks, who is a 70-year-old struggling to get by. Says she voted for Trump because, and this is the quote, he was talking about getting rid of those illegals. And you know what that means. That means anybody that's non-white. That's what that breaks down to. We're going to get rid of these black and brown people. Okay, so that's why she voted for Trump. And uh, she is in a federally funded program. Uh, it's called the Labor Department Senior Community Service Employment Program, which is actually Judy Banks Lifeline. And she said that this program makes sense. Uh, she was placed in the program uh, by the program into a job as a receptionist for a senior nutrition program. She says she depends on the job to make ends meet and for an excuse to get out the house. And she says, if I lose this job, I'll sit home and die. Well, bye, bitch. Because she says she's still going to vote for Trump in 2020. And, you know, that's in that situation, this is something where it's been proven that federal funding 
is heavier in red states than blue states even though republicans all they talk about and conservatives talk about small government small government these red states like nebraska like uh the some of these states in the midwest iowa is kind of flip floppy that's been purple for a minute it turns blue it turns to swing state so we ain't gonna say iowa but nebraska um who else kansas maybe the dakotas and montana and just idaho different places like that which you call flyover states uh they received the most uh federal funding from the government and when i went back to uh this was an older episode and i uh read a book that's called when affirmative action was white it breaks down and you can actually buy this book on amazon or pick it up at your local library it breaks down how uh you know white folks didn't have a problem with government at all until the introduction of civil rights and the civil rights bill so once the government started helping you know black folks and then later on brown people gay folks everybody who's not a straight white male then it became a problem but it really was a it's the problem started when black folks was like yo are why the fuck aren't we being treated like human beings so that's when it started but they wasn't complaining once you had the uh, the highway act you know uh, back in the 50s or uh you know the uh gi bill was introduced and things of that sorts that created all these jobs and made these easy loans and then that's when you see the uh the emergence of the suburbs so they didn't have any problems with that you know handing the government handing out money like that and that's essentially what these people are saying these poor folks these poor white folks saying in this article hey the government should help me fuck them niggas and them spicks and them damn sand niggas and you know get them up out the fucking country but still i need my food stamps on time you know what i'm saying so you know i love articles like this i love it uh you know it helps me sleep at night because essentially uh you know it shows who people are and the dog whistles are actually being you know uh out in the open the audio is being broken down and everybody can hear these dog whistle words so we really know why you voted for trump you voted for trump thinking you were going to protect whiteness but all donald trump wants to do is protect his interests and the self-interest of those around him so it is what it is but you can check out that article on the new york times there's some more in there there's some woman that's like 27 she got raped in high school and she was dealing with a domestic violence intervention services that helped her and uh, rescued her but she's a trump supporter and uh she just wants uh she says she still would like to look at what else they're spending money on as opposed to cutting federally funded programs that have helped white folks personally so that's oklahoma for you tulsa oklahoma so we are still going to stay on uh track with tulsa oklahoma and we are going to talk about this motherfucker named betty shelby if you don't know who betty shelby is you've been sleeping under a rock uh the that is the she she murdered terrence crutcher in cold blood she had an interview on uh 60 minutes so i watched the interview um and you know it didn't surprise me at all and what's wild about this is this woman had an interview on 60 minutes before the trial even before it even had started so either this woman is hurting for money 
and she's just or she's just confident that she's going to get off just from what we've seen in past cases with officers shooting black men and beating the shit out of black women on video and not having shit happen to them or i should even say killing black women on not on video but with the su substantial evidence and not being you know tried not actually getting any jail time or things like that so terrence crutcher may he rest in peace uh she started off with the super nigga theory you know i seen this big black man you know stand, standing out on the street when she was responding to a call a domestic violence call and he was standing with his head down and she said she noticed his size that was the first thing she noticed and that's that's what they always notice they notice us big black men you could be a black dude who's fucking five three and 128 pounds and they'll say that you're my size six one 285 pounds you know what i'm saying i thought he was gonna attack me he was just so big and black you know and she thought he was on drugs on pcp and then she starts going into blaming the environment that she works in a high crime area and all this other bullshit and um then basically uh she's she circles back uh she says that uh you know she tries to stop him uh i don't i don't even know why she approached him she really didn't even give a reason to approach him and that's what i was looking for and uh, that's what the 60 Minutes interviewer was trying to ask her, you know, she was just trying to say that she was trying to see if he was okay or some shit like that. And his hands were in his pocket. She told him to take him out. So he put his hands straight up in the air. She said she is usually when people in the area do that, they have a handgun on them. So this is her painting the narrative that she thinks that he has a gun. She tells this man to take his hands out of his pockets. He puts his hands straight up in the air. Okay. And then she calls for backups and then you know she's yelling at him giving him orders he's walking back to his car because he wants to put his hands on his car and people was wondering why would terrence crutcher walk back to his car and do that and his twin sister on 60 minutes said that's what they were told ever since they were kids you know if you ever stop by police put your hands up and put your hands on your car now we know that his car was broken down in the middle of the road so that's where he was walking back to walk back to put his hands on his car she shot him but before that as he was walking back to the car she basically set up the narrative because she knew some shit was about to go down so she called for backup she said i have a suspect i don't know what he was a suspected of and she said they will not show his hands now the whole time terrence crutcher has both his hands sky up up to the heavens raised up to the heavens okay and so he's walking back to his car with his hands up all four windows are rolled up remember initially she said he was trying to reach in the car for a weapon or some shit but then you can see the blood splatter on the side of the of the driver uh window showing you that the window was up only thing open was the sky roof and my man was he was a big fella like me he ain't gonna be that agile to hop up through the sun, through the moon roof or whatever and the reporter asked her you know was he acting belligerent was there signs of aggression she said no so then my question is why the fuck did you shoot him and then she goes on to say everything was based off of his actions and then she told the truth he didn't follow her commands and it's like okay so this is what it is it's a power trip this is why this man died because he didn't follow uh betty shelby's commands that's what it was that's all it broke down to and you know how they show the chopper footage and uh the guy was like that looks like a bad dude and i said that before when the case first broke on the show 
that he was setting up the narrative just in case shit went bad and it did did you guys know the pilot of that chopper that's actually betty's husband let that sink in so as he walks back to his car terrence crutcher walks back to his car to put his hands on it you know if you thought he was about to reach into the car for a gun or something why didn't you take cover behind the car behind your cruiser you see what i'm saying and the second cop who pulled who hopped out the car uh, when she called for backup the first responding officer he hops out and he pulls his taser out and he's talking about that's protocol for them to pull out their taser if the other one pulls out a handgun i've never heard that before you know i thought it was a situation where he assessed the situation was like oh well let me get my taser out you know what i'm saying so it it's very you know she just fucked up you know there was no reason that this man had to die at all no fucking reason none at all you know and she she followed that man back to his vehicle to gun him down that's how i, I absolutely feel if you watch the interview you can watch i think it might be up up online on 60 minutes or you can maybe catch a replay of it if you have like a special uh you know dvr service or something of that extent through your uh, cable provider yeah but um and then you know after this shit went down uh tulsa officials basically uh didn't want the same thing happening that what happened in uh fucking um charlotte you know after the brother was waiting uh to pick up his kid and he got killed for having a book by some ucs and the people was riding out there so basically what the officials in tulsa did they was like we need to hurry up and charge this cop and let's get some black pastors in here to dissipate the energy and that's exactly what those black pastors did as they always do in situations like this when it's a racially charged event and people want to protect their property okay and then uh betty shelby goes on to talk about she felt like she was a scapegoat to keep the po uh the peace down in tulsa but it was her actions or rather her re overreaction that caused all this and she's talking about um oh she felt like a lynch mob was after her or some shit like that and she just got done legally lynching somebody you know and her husband said that betty is a victim of social of the current social and political climate meaning that black folks are tired of being legally lynched but just should sh shut the fuck up and take it that's what he really wants to say you know we've been doing it you know that's what that's the vibe that i got from him so whenever somebody says they're a victim of the current social and political climate they're mad that black folks they're not going to take this shit anymore and he's talking about that there was a war on police ain't no fucking war on police people are just holding the police accountable for their actions now or demanding that police be held accountable for their actions and then she goes on you know to speak about the i fear for my life but then at the beginning she said that he wasn't being aggressive or anything like that towards her and it just broke down to he didn't do what i say this man's car breaks down in the middle of the road you know he goes back to it to place his hands on the vehicle and she shoots him right in his side right in the side of his chest it's just fucked up it's, it's very fucked up and how can you be so bold to give an exclusive interview before your trial that just shows the kind of quote-unquote political climate that we are in right now that i feel like this woman is so confident that she'll get off that she can just tell her side of the story right now 
So it's just something to think about. Um, you know, I'm gonna tell my black folks this. You know, always keep your hands in the air. You know, you're caught. You don't know if this is a cop or a race soldier. You don't know what they're thinking. You know, always keep your hands in a well-placed view. Don't make any sudden moves and shit like that. But even Terrence Crutcher was trying to do the right thing and just place his hands on his car and just, you know, lean forward against it. And he still got smoked. So I don't know what to say, but we need to just keep fighting a good fight. And we need to keep holding these, these race soldiers posing as cops. We need to hold their ass to the flames. So just keep fighting a good fight. That's really all I can say about that. And then just moving on as far as, I guess, fighting a good fight, um, even though this has nothing to do with race, uh, Bill O'Reilly lost a few sponsors. Um, it's kind of bittersweet news because he was talking greasy about Maxine Waters. But, um, you know, just with the New York Times article that uh, broke on the 1st, on April 1st, about how much money Fox has spent uh, you know settling cases about 13 million dollars they've settled for um, sexual harassment suits against him and uh, so Hyundai Mercedes-Benz B, uh, BMW uh, Constant Contact which is a uh, digital marketing company and uh, uh, Sanofi which makes like Gold Bond and Act Mouthwash along with uh, Nutrish, which is Rachel Ray's uh, brand of dog food, uh, has uh, went ahead and pulled their sponsors from him. So uh, hopefully other companies will follow suit. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I call it bittersweet just because this man talks greasy and crazy about black folks and people of color left and right. And really nothing happens. But soon as, you know, they see that he shelled out $13 million for uh, fucking... Um, you know sexual harassment suits he gets you know pulled but you know it is what it is but to really make change in america it's a capitalistic society so you got to think in a capitalistic way and you got to hit these people in the pockets and a lot of times if it's like a tv show you just got to attack those sponsors left and right so it is what it is and uh let me see what hove has to say what you got hove don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen i smoke rocks <laughs> all right so moving on to selling hope like dope uh first things first uh let's call out pepsi for selling hope like dope uh they thought that it was going to be a great idea to make fun of the protest and the rallies that's going on across the country for every kind of ism that you can think of for uh racism sexism uh classism everything that you want so they released a new uh picture i mean not a picture but a uh, ad online and it features kendall jenner and she's like in her modeling clothes with a blonde wig on and um she takes the wig off and she sees there's a rally or a protest going on downtown and she gives the wig to somebody and she changes into a denim outfit and uh she comes out and she's walking through the crowd of people and they got these signs and you know they're chanting and you got a nigga in there dancing and they did get that right because niggas love to dance at uh protests and rallies and um she grabs a can of pepsi and she hands it to a cop and he starts smiling and then everybody is all hunky dory and friends and shit like that so I don't know who in Pepsi's uh, marketing department felt that that was a good idea. Uh, watch it. I rewound the video 
to see if I would see D-Ray and Netta in there or uh, any of the other social justice warriors who are out here for a paycheck, but I didn't. Um, it was just very insensitive of uh, Pepsi to make a commercial like this in lieu of what's going on in the real world. You know, you can't do something like this to try to sell a goddamn soda. You know what I'm saying? So they're out here just selling this hope like dope, which is disgusting. But you know what? Uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity in this day and age. And also Atlanta officials atlanteans atlians officials in atlanta uh y'all need to quit with the bullshit there is no way that this crackhead named basil ellaby burned down part of the i-85 my g there is no way in hell that a crackhead under uh overpass who lit a buggy or shopping cart on fire with a chair in it and somehow it expanded and burnt down a whole chunk of the interstate you cannot tell me that a crackhead did that there's no way i feel like cops rolled up on him he was in the area was like he was probably high as a fucking kite cops was like yo you burned down this bridge he's like, i don't know maybe i don't i don't remember you know he high on crack he don't know what the fuck's going on he geeking out he might be even coming down from the high and they're like okay we'll take a ride with us and then boom lo and behold this man's about to get three hots in a cot and probably get sober in jail for, for supposedly burning down a bridge nobody is pointing a finger at atlanta officials like how can a shopping cart fire burn down a whole last slab of concrete and collapse a whole part of the interstate and you want us to believe that a crackhead with two other of his crackhead friends is going to burn that down now if you would have said that somebody stole like the cctvs off the poles in the city somewhere you know security cameras or some shit like that and you blamed it on a crackhead i believe you somebody take uh stole a a, a plow truck or a, a sand truck a salt truck or something like that a city snow truck or something i would believe that i believe a crackhead could do that you know even you know the atlanta mayor if he misappropriated some funds and blamed it on a crackhead said he got robbed he would be when he was on the way to the to the damn uh, bank to deposit some checks or something i would believe that but you cannot tell me that a crackhead burnt down a whole last piece of the freeway y'all covering something up some faulty construction something and how is concrete catching on fire like that how is it catching on fire to such a high degree of heat that part of the the freeway collapses the overpass collapses and y'all gonna blame it on a crackhead this is not 1992 you can't do this it's 2017 you know folks out here popping pills and doing meth now i could see if you said he was a meth head or some shit like that because they fucking with chemicals could have been a rolling meth lab and all this other shit and they could have sparked like that but y'all said a crackhead that's how i know it's some bullshit that's how i really know it's some bullshit so atlanta pepsi y'all y'all two motherfuckers need to huddle up and uh find something else to use as free base because y'all selling hope like dope this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right so this week holding an l is the faux feminist online um the reason that they're holding this l this week is kendrick lamar just dropped his 
music video for the song Humble. And in it, there's a model who uh, basically uh, she's light skinned, chinky eyed, curly, wavy hair. And he has a line about photoshopping and how he wants his woman natural. So in one sequence, she has the makeup off and she has her hair all wild and curly. And then he's talking about he likes seeing ass with some stretch marks. So there's a dark skin butt there with some stretch marks on it. Yada, yada, yada. And these faux feminists, you know, they're claiming that uh, K-Dot was body policing. And now these same faux feminists online are always screaming on how black men only like women with black features but are not black. So as soon as K-Dot shows his love and appreciation for natural hair and stretch marks, they're mad. So it's like I said a million times before, social justice warriors only want attention. There's no logic, just attention. And on the low, a lot of them around my age or younger, I believe they're crack babies that grew up and they're still having trouble functioning in society, to be honest with you. And if they're older than me, late 30s and early 40s, they're probably lead babies. You know, group with lead-based paint, lead in the ground and shit like that. Because I can't see someone who's not under the influence of some sort of chemical concoction having these sort of thoughts. So please, go smoke this ale after you hold it. Alright? Thank you. You win! Perfect! Alright, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. We got a couple of them in this segment. Uh, the first one is going to be uh, Patrick Ewing. So uh, the former uh, New York Knicks center and former assistant coach with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, he landed a head coaching job at his uh, alma mater, Georgetown, and always felt bad for Pat for not getting the ring because dude was a beast in the guard. But, you know, he had to deal with, you know, Jordan and the Bulls, you know, winning it six, you know, six seasons, you know, in the 90s in the prime era and then he ran into my spurs in uh 98-99 after the bulls and got whooped on by the twin towers and then uh you know he also had run-ins with the uh, indiana pacers and reggie miller so i always felt bad for the dude because he was a beast in that garden but uh his college career he led georgetown to three final four appearances and even once winning the big dance so this will actually be a very good look for Georgetown with recruiting and hopefully he has a solid staff behind her behind him because I don't want to see this brother fail. So this is a very, very good look. He was actually uh, it was rumored to be he was going to make a head coaching gig in the NBA. But I feel like this is a better fit for him. Him going back home and he's no he knows the the uh, the town. He knows, uh, you know, what's expected and he can mold these young men into something great. And hopefully he don't have a bunch of one-and-done players. So shout-out to uh, Patrick Ewing. Then also, we got to have uh, Morgan William, uh, the guard for Mississippi State, for having ice water in her veins during the Women's NCAA Final Four. She took down UConn. I'm not going to say single-handedly, but she did single-handedly take him down. So it was a tie game, and then the 5-5 guard hit a game winner with no time left on the clock to hand UConn its first loss since November of 2014. And in the uh, title game, which was odd, the coach benched her all fourth quarter. And this is a title game. She said she was a little bit tired, but still, why would the coach, you know, bench somebody who's known to make big shots and who's been balling out? the whole tournament 
and have her just sit out on the bench and she has so much great momentum heading into this uh, championship game uh, Mississippi State ended up losing but you know anyways you know it's just still shout out to Morgan William aka Itty Bitty and uh, you know for having that ice water in her veins that shot ranks up there with MJ hitting the shot uh, you know to win his title and for uh, the uh, Christian Leitner play with Duke uh, it's just it's right up there so when they show that montage of game winning shots in the NCAA that needs to be right there with it so shout out to uh, Pat Ewing the Jamaican God and shout out to Morgan William not all heroes wear capes all right so moving on to health over wealth you know what i say without your health you can't enjoy your wealth and just this past tuesday it's now wednesday morning uh we just had the uh primaries for city council and for mayor now this quote is going to come from a pericles and it's about politics and it says just because you do not take an interest in politics doesn't mean politics won't take an interest in you so we had uh, about five mayoral candidates. I forgot the fifth guy, but you had uh, our current mayor, Gene Stothert, uh, Heath Mello, Taylor Royal, and a brother named Ian McHale. And I was very disappointed to see that this brother Ian McHale only got like 1,700 votes, while the other ones, uh, Taylor Royal was almost at 7,000. And then um, I think Mean Gene was at about 26,000, Heath Mello at 24,000. And, uh, you know, so many people complain about the current mayor, especially over north, about the snowplow issues, the dining tax and things of that sort. And uh, a lot of folks are on their pro black ish. You know, I feel like it could be a fad for some of you folks. And uh, nobody got out there and vote. You always have to vote locally because your vote actually counts. As you've seen with the, this past presidential election, uh, your vote didn't mean shit. You know, especially with the Electoral College, you've seen that Hillary Clinton had what almost was it two to four million votes more than uh, than our current uh, Cheeto in chief. And she still lost. And it needs to be one in one. You know what? I know it. That's what it needs to be. That's why it's so important to vote locally. And then if you vote locally, your local politics at times do uh, nine times out of ten help form, you know, federal politics. You know, if there's a city that's doing something very well. You know, a state senator, you know, will bring it up in the house like, hey, Omaha is doing this now. They just passed this ordinance, yada, yada, yada. I feel like we should, you know, roll it out, you know, across the nation to help these people. And so I really don't want to I, I don't want to hear anybody complaining about the mayoral uh, candidates that we have. It's going to be Gene Stothin. It's going to be Heath Mello, two politicians. OK, so I really don't want to hear anybody complaining about what's going on and um what's going on with the leadership in omaha and things of that sort you know and it looks like you know uh it'll be it'll be a dog fight but if the primaries will show anything i feel like them them dumbass folks who voted for taylor royal those six to seven almost seven thousand people they'll probably vote for me gene stothard because taylor royal he uh, had that alt-right vibe to him, a young guy on some very sharp right-wing politics who really didn't know what the fuck he wanted to do. He wanted to bring a uh, NFL team to Omaha. Bro, we, we tried with that Nighthawk shit, you know, a few years back when the stadium was first built. Barely anybody showed up. This is a college city. It's a college state. 
you know we support the big red all day every damn day and we support our college basketball teams you know men and women uh to the day that we die so that was just stupid that was the only platform that he really was running on he really didn't have anything else and the only thing he could say in these uh mayor debates is that these uh that the mayoral candidates did not vote for president trump yada 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 so it was like what are you trying to say here are you trying to throw out a dog whistle and all this other shit and i felt like um where the brother ian McHale slipped up at is he just focused on the north side you know i felt like he should have been all over this city campaigning and doing things like that his uh social media presence needed to be a little bit stronger uh, i feel like his website should have been updated daily uh or at least every couple days and uh he needed to speak to everybody you can't just focus on one demographic if you really want to change something you know you have to reach everybody and you can focus on you know the demographic that you're targeting once you're in office that's just how you have to do it you know he had to be on a barack obama campaign thing you know speaking to the working person you know bringing everybody hope because everybody was in despair you know after the bush years and after these uh you know the uh terrorist attacks of 9 11 and then being in war in afghanistan for so fucking long people would just beat the fuck up and you had the housing crisis going on so you had barack obama came in with this uh jesus savior mentality not to be blasphemous and uh he was speaking to everybody so uh you know that was just my my advice for that brother i said that last week for ian McHale. um but with the two candidates that we do have you know mayor mean jean stothard we've seen her track record we've seen what she has and has not done so i think it's time to get her up out the paint and i guess just from now on you know i will be watching uh heath mellow and see what he has to say i mean his website is always updated about issues and what he's working on and things like that and um and i think in a couple of weeks the first mayoral debate will be on local news here on channel three kmtv channel three and uh we will see what happens but you know uh black folks i want you to stop being so politically immature you know you really have to understand the politics that affect you and for your neighborhood you know you can't just be out here voting every four years you know thinking that your presidential you casting a ballot for president is really going to change anything because it doesn't you know you really need to think about the local politics and get involved because just like the quote said you know even if you don't participate in politics politics is going to bring your ass right into the paint politics is why we're in certain situations that we're in right now so stop being politically immature and learn some shit and learn how to um you know pull your votes together and you know put a demand behind that ballot that's what i need y'all to do you know it, it, you can't just be you know interested in politics you know every four years it affects every single part of our lives and it's every single day policies are being changed policies are being implemented and policies are being taken away that affect you directly that's why it's so important to vote locally all right and always attend your city council meetings and uh shout out to the brother in my district district three deshaun cunningham for uh taking uh you know his place in the primaries he's going to be on the ballot in may uh this brother is very smart he's always for the people been fighting for the people for years he's not just one of these social justice warriors this brother been putting in the footwork uh everything fighting for everybody you know uh black white uh gay other you know just 
every marginalized group or if you suffer some injustice this brother was out here doing it i've been out here you know protesting with him in the streets a few times and he's just passionate and he's real and uh you know and it showed with him getting on that ballot so he will definitely have my vote for my district for city council because city council do need to be uh shooken up you know there's too many uh secret ass meetings be going on and they just be passing shit without telling anybody and uh so many people in the city who are politically mature really don't be knowing any about these city council meetings and these hearings and what they're voting on and that's the one good thing about heath mellow he said he wants more transparency in city council and that's the same thing uh you know mayor mean gene she uh, agreed with him so shout out to that brother uh deshaun cunningham he'll definitely have me and my wife's vote uh, and if you're in district three give that brother your vote because he's always fighting for the people been fighting for him for years and now he knows he has to go within the system to try to change the system so that's all i got for y'all much love and respect and uh, excuse me i love y'all as always thank you for listening and i will see y'all next week family one When I switch lanes, then them doors swing Arm out the window screaming money ain't a thing Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Robbie switch lanes, diamonds in my chain Been around the world, all the hoes know my name Call it automatic bang, bang, bang It's that automatic bang, bang, bang Fuck a nigga up, Louis Belt match the chucks I'm in the club with raw nigga, 10 ratchets tucked Back it up like a U-Haul when cash is up Spades in my ice bucket, rub that for luck Racks in my cargoes, all the more stupid Bitch say she in love with me, stay away from Cupid That Panamera sick, lupus, T-Raw, show them how we do it I switch sign, do it, my new bitch a new this. Peace like a Buddhist, cooler than Cool Whip Your brain don't be stupid, faded like boozy Cut like a cool neck, arm out the window, another check Another Rolex, more less, the more wet, the more sex I must say I bought her the PJ More than a piss test, I wake up, I'm fucked up My ex trying to make up Wake up, telling these bitches to get their cake up Wake up, shooting my babies all on her makeup I'm running through these hoes, Brandon Jacobs Lambo doors up, sitting just like her legs Skeeted off from the club, where the fuck hoes instead yeah. uh, When I switch lanes, then them doors swing Arm out the window, screaming money ain't a thing Call it automatic bang, bang Bang, call it automatic bang, bang, bang Robbie switch lanes, diamonds in my chain Been around the world, all the hoes know my name Call it automatic bang, bang, bang It's that automatic bang, bang, bang ah. Never tell a bitch I love her money talk Chris Tucker got a chauffeur and a driver I don't lease it, I'ma buy it I be on the broke diet You ain't eating but you biting my style Motherfucker strike like lightning ah. T. Cardi, my bitch like Bagari. I walk in the spot, all the bitches bogart me Spend 30 racks, I'ma make it back tomorrow Pull up with a big titty bitch like Takara You ain't never seen a Rari, look like a safari Tiger riding shotgun, snake band Cardi Air, I'm in them Nike Airs 2500 nigga, call him Nice Rare See them niggas hating, but I don't really care Gold bottles coming, tell them bitches light flares Snow on my wrist, call that Roly Big Bear Niggas see it in the light, though Ah, when I switch lanes, then them doors swing Arm out the window, screaming money ain't a thing Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Robbie switch lanes, diamonds in my chain Been around the world, all the hoes know my name Call it automatic bang, bang, bang It's that automatic bang, bang, bang 
pull up at the barbershop Chop the top off the phantom Bitches screaming, hey, we ain't nowhere near Atlanta Maybe she a rock star, maybe she a sinner Fucking with them lottery balls, now she a winner I'm all in that Virginia, I mean that vagina Get lost in that pussy, nigga, you will never find them Eat it like lasagna, eat it like E-Honda Shout out my nigga Breezy and beat it like Rihanna When I switch lanes, then them doors swing All my the windows screaming money in the thing Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Call it automatic bang, bang, bang Robbie switch lanes, diamonds in my chain Been around the world, all the hoes know my name Call it automatic bang, bang, bang It's that automatic bang, bang, bang 